This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil show for your Wednesday. And it's a humdinger of a show for you today. Not only is Jeff Stein going to be showing up here in just a little bit, but Stephanie Miller joins us in the four o'clock hour uh, to talk about the sexy liberal show coming in on Saturday. Matt and Patrick here. Patrick, might as well, since I I just brought up Steph's name, might as well uh, mention we have a giveaway that we have to announce for the online giveaway from the social media pages for the the, uh, sexy liberal show. A pay-per-view pass. Who does that pay-per-view pass go to? That is for Catherine. Catherine, you are our winner. We reached out to you. If you are tuned in, please check your messages. We've just got to get a little information from you to make sure... And I'll throw out there, since we are now just a couple days away, if you don't win, go to sexyliberal.com to purchase your pay-per-view pass. No, and I believe tomorrow is the last online we're giving away. Thursday, I believe it is. Correct? Unless I'm missing something. I believe that's correct. All right. So this is, we're, I got one phrase for you that this is your last chance to win it, uh, Win this via the social media pages. And so if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, on... The AM950 Twitter page, the AM950 Facebook page, and the AM950 Instagram page, we have a post that we're making there at 9 a.m. In the comment section, you just have to make a very specific comment, and then if you do so, you'll be entered in for the drawing to possibly win a free pay-per-view pass to the Sexy Liberal Show coming up on Saturday night. It's that simple. It really is that simple. So what you need to do... For tomorrow, 9 a.m., we're done for today. We have our winner. But for tomorrow at 9 a.m., you have 9 until 2 tomorrow to go to the AM950 Facebook page, the AM950 Twitter page, the AM950 Instagram page, and make the comment, I love John Fugelsang, which really, if you've ever listened to the show, you know that's more of an admission than anything else. But I love John Fugelsang, who will be part of the Sexy Liberal Show. (laughs) Uh, Basically, if you write in the comments section starting at 9 a.m. tomorrow until 2 p.m. tomorrow, I love John Fugelsang, you'll be entered in to possibly win that pay-per-view pass. Now... That's the last one we're doing online. I got one. I got a, got a pass to give away today. I got a pass to give away tomorrow. Ooh, ah. I think that's the words. Ooh and ah. So listen during the show for your chance to call in to win yourself a pay-per-view pass to watch the Sexy Liberal show on Saturday and then one more tomorrow and then we're done. All right? All right. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Patrick, I am in the middle of one of the toughest tasks I have had for the last three freaking years, and now I'm doing it again. I've got to pick the pictures for the calendar. Oh, we're boy. doing it. We're going to do another calendar, folks. Uh, by popular demand, my gosh, you people are relentless. <laughs> so I'm having the same problem. I have. I've I've learned this about this. I've okay. I 
this was not in my uh, a club in my bag when I started off on the course. Okay, which, which was, I didn't think I'd be doing. I'd be a photographer for a calendar. Uh, it, well, at least not you know tasteful nudes. But I mean, and uh, you know, I, you know, only fans page. That being said, um, I have the same problem I have every single year. I have one or two months where I've got ten solid. Absolutely great photos. Mwah. Easy peasy. No ju- no problem. Then I have some months. <laughs> not, not really. And as a matter of fact, there is one month. I'm not going to say which one because I don't want anyone going to look at the calendar when I eventually get there. That I've, I've, I'm, having, I'm struggling a little bit. I, I think I got it covered. I think I've got it covered. But man... <laughs> <laughs> this is called this is called a spoiler. All right. So just keep that in mind. It's coming back 2024 bigger than before. All right. Well, actually, I don't know if it's actually actually bigger than before. It's it's you know, it's you know, you know. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. I was up to like eleven thirty last night. This is yeah. When when did I become a professional? I mean, seriously, have you listened to this crap fest? No, no, no. All of a sudden, after all these years, you people want me to do something like I'm actually a knowledgeable adult. <laughs> Look at me. I'm going to work. Da, 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 da. You know, come on, man. Fine. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. How do you keep squirrels off of pumpkins, man? Oh, uh, I'm gonna let you answer that. Well, I'm not gonna get. I mean, I don't have like guns or anything like that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's. I mean, it's, I mean that's that, a quick way to do it. I'm it, not looking to do that. It kind of seems a little bit more overkill. Like there's more of a danger to the pumpkin than to the squirrel. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, but the pumpkin's taking the beating one way or the other. And, uh, you know, I've, I, in the past, I used cayenne pepper, which is a hoot because, uh, you know, birds don't have taste buds, but squirrels do. And they don't, I, mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, they don't really have a spicy palate. Uh, they, <laughs> it's nuts, acorns, stuff like that. You know, they're not really into that. And, you know, so you can put a little cayenne pepper on it. They get one little taste of that. They don't want to bother. But then we had all that rain and it washed it all off. And I'm getting ready to do my carving. I'm getting ready to do my carving. There ain't, there's not a safe pumpkin within my realm. I'm going to be doing some carving, making some some pretties, and I don't want those damn squirrels in there anymore. So, I mean, if you've got any hints or suggestions, I'm not against your your advice. That is something that I will gladly take. And, and okay, and what I don't necessarily want is... Just let them have it. It's nature's splendor. Yeah, okay, fine. I didn't I just spent an hour and a half carving a pumpkin. I want my nature's splendor to be out there standing for a little bit. Okay, okay. Huh? Plus the fact I've got fat squirrels. I don't have like lean squirrels trying to make it. I got squirrels that basically, you know, yeah, they they're they're huge. I got, you know, the Dom DeLuise squirrels. I mean, that's what I've got. I don't need to be feeding them anymore. I mean, when they're stopping going up halfway up the tree and wheezing, you know, I think that, I mean, for their own health and safety, I don't think they need any more pumpkin seeds. <laughs> Who's breathing heavy? Oh my God, it's a squirrel. It's like, okay, guys, I think you're ready to hibernate. I think, you, I think, you're, I think you're good. I think they're ready to hibernate for like the Yukon territory, frankly. They got layers. There's marbling. Ugh. 
<laughs> you can get fine stakes off these creatures at this point. They're getting big. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Well, let's purview the old news cycle before Jeff Stein gets here to talk about this. Oh, look, Jim Jordan lost a speaker vote again. And as a matter of fact, he actually has fewer votes than he did the last time. He lost, even though two people flipped their votes to Jim Jordan, boo, four people switched their vote away from Jim Jordan. Yay! And he has lost again. Now, if you haven't seen this, and I'll bring this up with with Stein, if you haven't seen this, there is a chart on the New York Times that talks about the speakers and where they actually were compared to the mainstream of their party at that time. And it goes all the way back to Tip O'Neill on the Democratic side. And it shows where the the Democratic Party was as far as kind of a base point for the average of the the the, the members to where what where what side of the party the speaker actually kind of represented. You know, were they a progressive? Were they a moderate? Were they a more of a uh, were they more of a traditional Al Gore Democrat in the center of the party? It's it's interesting because probably the most non-contingent to the traditional Democratic House member we've had is Nancy Pelosi. She was more liberal, more progressive by quite a bit than the standard Democrat at the time she served as the Speaker of the House. Doesn't mean she didn't really have most of the votes she did. She she had a lot there, but at the same time, she was, you know, she wasn't there. You, to, you what What is amazing about this chart, though, that the New York Times has is it shows how the Republicans, Newt Gingrich was barely a moderate back when he became the Speaker of the House. I mean, I know that he's a horrible human being. I mean, seriously, just absolute scum on the bottom of the pond. He is disgusting. But when he was Speaker, he was actually kind of a moderate before the far right of the party started pushing that party to the right. And if you look at the chart, you see that the not only has the the position of the party gradually moved further and further to the right, but the speakers as well. What's really remarkable is how extreme Jim Jordan is as far as a speaker candidate. He is truly the most extreme far-right speaker candidate we could possibly have ever seen in this country. Yeah, there, there is that. I mean, that's not that's saying something, and that is that is amazing on a few different levels. Because on one side of it, it is okay. Wow, that's it's you know, it's remarkable how far to the right the Republican Party has gone. What's even crazier is he's close to becoming the speaker. He's at 199 now. And so 199 House reps think that a guy who would be the most far-right extremist House speaker in the history of this country is the guy they want. I mean, it is remarkable how much the Republican Party has actually changed. I mean, it is truly remarkable how much it's changed. There was a bit of a surprise today from the Minnesota delegation 
Representative Pete Stubby Stauber voted against the GOP's latest House Speaker nominee on Wednesday as the, the tumult continues to freeze the party. Now, I want to stop right there and talk a little bit about Iron Range Republicans because the I have spent a large portion of my time up on the range. Now, I believe Stauber's district now encompasses pretty much most of the tribal regions, so the Native American vote is very strong in his region. Uh, he's got Duluth, which is blue, blue, blue. I mean, it might even be more blue than Minnesota, Minneapolis. Um, so you have that. You also have some suburban areas there. You have a lot of red area, but you also have that district decided on the range. And that district is, when you talk about Republicans on the range, sure, you have the psychopaths who have like a sign out in front of their property talking about big government failed us again. And it's, and I guess he doesn't, the person who lives there doesn't understand that people driving past at 55 miles an hour don't have time to read 16, you know, plywood boards painted with your, 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 your referendum, um, <laughs> your, your, your diatribe. Uh, apparently they don't understand that. I mean, that you, people would have to slow down for it. And I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah, that's just them. There are also the Republicans on the range who are blithely stupid. And what I mean by that is the ones who scream, I don't care if the mind pollutes jobs, 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 jobs. That's all they say. And their entire argument is based on that their body of water will somehow, the one that they go to, whether that's their house they live on or where their cabin's at or their favorite fishing hole, that that body of water won't be impacted by the mining, but the other ones are fine. I don't care that much. So even though that, that you could end up destroying the tourism of the Iron Range, which is very much predicated on the quality of lakes and the, and the fishing up there. <clears throat> and of course the quality of swimming and boating and stuff like that. No one wants to necessarily swim and boat in a toxic soup. They basically will push for this, even though that if this goes wrong, it will devastate. I mean, it will devastate the North country because tourism, as much as you guys like to say mining, it's tourism, which brings in the money up there. And if people don't want to go up there because you've polluted the land, they're not going to be hiring more people at the mines. And just that's just going to be the case. And plus the fact that vast, the vast majority of those people are probably not going to be Minnesota jobs anyway. They'll be non-union jobs shipped in with, you know, with, with, you know to, to work the mines and toxify the, the population. I'll just you know go back to look at what they did at Line 3 out in Bemidji. There were some pretty ugly elements that came into this state with that pipeline. That being said, there's a lot of Republicans up there that are Republican, but they're also, they've got this kind of environmentalist vein to them, which will say, I believe in mining as long as it's not going to poison the land. I believe in business as long as the lake is clean, that sort of thing. Why do you think whenever these mining groups, Antofagasta and the, the large Chilean group or any of the other ones, why do you think they spend as much money as they do 
talking about, we promise, even though we've never had a clean mine in the history of mining, this time it will be different. Why do you think they spend all the money on that? It's not to convince me or you, because there's no chance in hell I'd be on board for Antifagasta coming up there and, you know, touching a, a, a pebble in Minnesota, let alone, you know, building a mine. It's because they have to convince those Republicans who are not delusional nutbags with plywood, you know, you know, agendas painted on the, on the outside of their cabin. They're not the jobs, jobs, jobs at all costs because, of course, they're going to save my lake. Wait a second here. I thought we had a deal. No, there are these Republicans who do not want to see the Northland destroyed because they understand we need the tourism. I don't want my lake. I don't want to be told I can't eat the fish out of my lake anymore, whatever the case may be. So these companies spend a lot of money up there trying to court these moderate Republicans, which still exist on the Iron Range. Generally pro-union, generally pro-environment. That's why there's always this, you know, tap dance that they do about, we're going to bring union jobs back when they don't bring union jobs back. We're going to do this environmentally safe when there's no way in hell they're going to do this environmentally safe. I say this, I predicate this because Pete Stauber didn't vote for Jim Jordan. And I think that's a sign that he sees the cab coming down the street with his doors wide open, that if he goes along with Jim Jordan, that he will not win Minnesota 8. We'll talk more about that when I come back. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. So Republican U.S. Representative Pete Stauber voted against the GOP's latest House Speaker nominee on Wednesday as the uh, turbulence continues to freeze the party. Stauber, who waved off a question from the Star Tribune about his vote shortly afterward, was among 22 Republicans who broke from the party and opposed the far-right Ohio Republican Representative Jim Jordan. The Minnesota Minnesotans' vote was a turnaround from Tuesday when Stauber joined Minnesota's three other congressional Republicans in supporting Jordan on the first ballot. Stauber's office was mum earlier this week about who he was supporting in the Speaker's race. Jordan, by the way, failed to win the Speakership once again today. Republicans decided to try uh, one, uh, try a second vote. Instead, Stauber instead opted for Arkansas Representative Bruce Westerman. Haven't, by the way, Patrick, yet any idea on Bruce Westerman? I've, I can't say I know anything about this guy. I don't either. Uh, Jordan won 199 GOP votes, but lost the speaker race for the second round overall, and the path forward to the White House Republicans remains unclear. A spokesperson for Stauber did not immediately respond to a request for comment after his vote. A small group of Republicans went against most members of their party earlier this month in a historic drive to remove Kevin McCarthy from the speaker's role. Now, I should mention, McCarthy lost that vote by, what was it, eight votes. Eight Republicans switched sides. No one since has even gotten close to that margin. And there is, uh, you know, they're trying to get Poindexter, who's the temporary speaker, who really doesn't have any power. They're trying to figure out if there's a way they can give him power, basically, as the temporary speaker to do some things. But really, the laws are kind of clear. You have to have a speaker. Um, so it's... 
The inter-party rebellion led by McCarthy being ousted from the post he long coveted with another Republican siding with him while he won no support from Democrats. All four Minnesota congressional Republicans supported McCarthy. So this is, to me, this is Stauber basically realizing that Jim Jordan is not going to be something he can sell during the general election. That he is, that that is, it's one thing to, you know, try to shut down the government and try to get some sort of concessions or something of that nature. It's another thing to have to go into an election season and say, oh yeah, that guy who basically called a, not basically, Jim Jordan called a 10-year-old rape victim a liar. And when it was proved that she wasn't lying, he never once apologized. The coward just deleted his tweet and he was refused to comment on it otherwise. Once again, Jim Jordan called a 10-year-old, 10-year-old rape victim a liar. He also, by the way, you should read up on his what he did at Ohio State when his athletes that he was in charge of with the wrestling team over there were being violated in the school locker room. And he did nothing to stop that. But then there's the whole, hey, guess who was part of the January 6th intent, intenting to overthrow the government of the United States? Jim Jordan. That's right. He's a traitor. He's a horrible human being. And I think that Pete Stauber, this is admission from Pete Stauber, that even he can't, I mean, in his district, it's, it's just enough of a, of a toxic vote for by moderate Republicans that it could end up costing him the district. So he's himself is moving away from him. I don't know where this goes. Like I said, we're going to talk, we'll talk extensively with uh, Stein about this coming up here in just a few moments. But I will also make the, the point of there is every Republican is coming out saying the Democrats are failing us. No, they're not. Hakeem Jeffries is not exactly the most moderate Democrat you'll see out there. He's not. He's getting every single Democratic vote. <laughs> He's getting every single one. Even the far left progressives are voting for him. Even the moderate rep- Democrats are voting for him. They're all voting in unison for Hakeem Jeffries. That's what that's what called party unity is. You once again welcomed in a bunch of psychopaths who are only there for themselves, for their own press, for their own TV cut-ins. They could care less about a cohesive party platform. They could care less about a cohesive party agenda. They could care less about the, the government functioning and running. They could care less about their own constituents and gleefully applaud the pain that they are about to inflict on their own constituents by trying to shut this government down. That is who they are. That is who they are. And they basically want, they want the most extreme because they know, especially when it comes to, we talked about, we talked about that school district south of the metro where the kid, about a quarter of the school, about a quarter of the school went out there and was part of a racist attack on, and a bigoted attack on multiple people. That that's a sign. That's a sign of what really is out in these communities. That's a quarter of the people out there. They're learning this at home. That's the families. This this pro Nazi agenda that's out there. That's what you're seeing. That's who these people. They've created these such safe Republican zones that they're pandering to near Nazis or actual Nazis. 
and that's where they think that they're going to get their 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 base. That is the and and as long as the only media these people hear in these rural areas is you know, far-right talking point after far-right talking point after far-right talking point. It's just cultivating a bigger and bigger mess. You guys can't lead. You guys are pathetic. But, I mean, once again, they're trying their hardest to blame the Democrats. Uh, obviously, a lot to get to with Jeff Stein on this. We will do so when we do return. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. And a reminder, the phrase for tomorrow on the social media page is, I love John Fugel saying... There you go. Enjoy. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM our national and presidential expert and noted author. You can find his books at Next Chapter Books, as well as also totallyiowa.com, the Iowa Business Report, which is quite good, and the Iowa Politics Report, which is also, eh. They come to us from KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff is kind enough to join us today. Hey, Jeff. You know, I love John Fugel saying. You do? Oh, well, well, you see, it's, you, you have to then write this. I do, too. I mean, it, it is more of an I'm admission. I'm trying to help. Let's just give him a pass. Well, we, we, we'll get we'll get you set up with the sexy liberal pass, okay, Jeff? So you can enjoy that. Uh, by the way, I love John Fugel saying is what you need to put on the the social media post tomorrow morning at nine a.m. on the Twitter page, the Facebook page, and the Instagram page for AM nine fifty. And reminder: a little bit later on this show, we'll give away a free pay per view pass as well for the sexy liberal show. Jeff, mm-hmm. th- that that being said, hey. There's been some fun stuff going on over there at the U.S. House. I have never seen anything like this. Has there ever been in the history of this country, not not including like if, God forbid, a, a speaker died or something like that, has there ever been anything even close to this in the history of this country? No. No. Very simply, no. I mean, the fact that a speaker was removed by uh, a movement led by his own party and getting all of the other side to go along. I mean, that's how the whole thing started, remember? Uh, the thing that's interesting is it did not take much to throw McCarthy out, right? All it took was just all the Democrats banding together, and they only needed a few Republicans. They got more than they needed. But after that, could they get to 217 with anything? No. A little bit of history, you know, when when McCarthy went through his 917 ballots or however many it was back in January, it seemed like forever. The lowest number he got at any point was 200. Yeah. He got 203 on the first ballot. So what did Jordan come up with yesterday? Like 201. He was 201, 199 today. And the thing that was interesting was, and normally I wouldn't watch every little bit of this, but I was doing a, a national show, so I had to watch it in real time. And they were saying at the time, the the folks who are covering this and counting votes, yes, he may flip a few after the first ballot to come on over, but he was going to lose at least that many. They said yesterday at best it would be a wash, and instead he lost ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where do they go from here? Jordan says he's going to keep trying. Now, at what point do you turn that around? But what's the alternative? 
This is the problem, and I, I don't mean to make light of it, but I said it last uh, time or as soon as they uh, they threw out the speaker. Okay, the dog chased the car and then finally caught it and didn't know how to drive. Well, that's what happened here. There was that small group that wanted to get rid of McCarthy immediately. No game plan. Has there ever been a more, and, and this is obviously a question very easily you might not know the answer to, has there ever been a more conservative candidate for Speaker of the House than Jim Jordan? I don't think there has. Uh, yeah, well, it all depends on how you define things. But in our current vernacular, uh, probably not. Because remember, over the decade or so that we have known him as a public figure, he was the backbencher. He was the thorn in the side. He was the anti-leadership guy. And over the past few years, he tried to modify that demeanor so he could be part of leadership. In other words, I'm going to work my way to the the leadership rung so that then I can affect change from within. Well, that has led to a lot of hard feelings along the way. And the way this speaker thing has played out has not helped. The, you know, what's in, in the, the oddest twist of all the person who comes out of this looking the best is kevin mccarthy of all people and he does and if 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 it's right i want to get back to him in a little bit sure but one of the things i i find to be fascinating about this is that what we are seeing i I don't know if you did see the new york times uh the um the image that they put out where it showed how the republican party's speakers and nominees have moved further and further the right since newt gingrich and how they are, you know, really that, that Jim Jordan is way out on the outside. When this country, when political parties really started, which was kind of from the Jeffersonians, it was, you know, the Whigs and the Democrats, but they've pretty much agreed on st- like 90% of things. It wasn't until the Whigs basically said they had to be pro-slavery like the Democrats that the people, you know, rejected them and became the Republican Party. But even still, after the Civil War, there wasn't it wasn't until the 1950s and 60s where this this grand divide started to becoming wider and wider and so for for a guy like jim jordan the fact that he even gets 199 votes i think is a a bad sign about how extreme the party has gotten on the republican side and yet you know they 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 don't have the candor to come back and say what they should let's give kevin mccarthy the job back Let's just, you know, Matt Gates. If you get in the way of this, we will we'll make sure we we get you out of office tomorrow, and we'll do whatever we need to do. But you know, th- there just doesn't seem to be that rational voice to say, you know, even if I have to get a few Democrats on board, let's get McCarthy back in there. Well, with regard to the fact that he gets two hundred votes, shows how far off the rails the Republicans are. Yes and no, because remember, there were a lot of folks who voted to keep McCarthy, who said the only reason that they did was because of timing. They didn't like him. They held their noses to get him as speaker to begin with. They didn't like how he was handling the budget. But because we were in the midst of a continuing resolution, kick the can down the road situation, they were willing to see if he could deliver the goods by Thanksgiving. And I say Thanksgiving, in essence, the time the next CR would expire a week Mm -hmm. before. So there were a lot of folks that I heard Come to microphone saying, I don't like him, I don't trust him, but I'm going to vote to keep him in because of what's going on. All right, so 
then he's gone and he comes out and says, and he played with this, as you recall, well, you know, I'm not running for speaker again. Well, if the conference wants me, no, no, I'm not running for speaker. Now, he's all over the board on it, which I can understand. There's a lot of emotions there. I think a lot of the people who, um, because let's face it, Scalise and Jordan are not the same person. No. And so, you know, the big pro Scalise folks don't like Jordan and vice versa. You're only getting the 200 for Jordan, in my view, because of the fact that they lost McCarthy. They couldn't even get Scalise close enough to a vote. There's a sense of, we're running out of time for the budget. Hamas has attacked Israel, et cetera, et cetera. We gots to get going, all right? And so they're exhausting on their side, the Republican side, who could get to 217. Well, if it's not Scalise and it's not Jordan, and the only way McHenry gets into this with as a temporary speaker with additional powers the only way that works is if you get Democrats to cross over. And what do you have to give up to make that work, even if it's a 30 or 60 day appointment? Uh, and I got to tell you, McHenry sure likes sitting on the speaker's balcony. Uh, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But I well, mean, it, it, it makes him taller. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. The bow tie started spinning. No, it, it's, <laughs> look, it, it, it's, it's a matter of if they can't deliver Jordan. Well, okay. The original point is a lot of these folks don't want Jordan, but they don't want the chaos. They want to look like they are governing. And so they're, they're willing to go along because in their mind, eh, we'll throw him out next time. But if they can't deliver Jordan, you know, by Monday or Tuesday of next week, McCarthy's going to be looking pretty good, which is kind of a frightening thing in and of itself. But let's talk about McHenry if if I can, because, you know, he was so upset about McCarthy getting voted out, and he banged the gavel so hard he almost broke it off and blah, blah, blah. Okay, why are you then posing for pictures 24 hours later, sitting on the speaker's balcony with your phone in your hand, your you know feet up, reclined, got a beautiful view? You know, it's kind of like, well, I didn't want the upgrade to first class, but now that I'm here... I can't imagine going back to cabin. Can I actually? And that's can I, what I think is going on? Can I add something to that? The fact that his Ooh. first thing as the acting speaker yeah. was to throw Nancy Pelosi out of her office—that told me he's playing politics. He wants that seat, and he's he's trying to appeal. He's he's a relative unknown trying to make a name for himself. I think at the end of this this whole thing, it's either going to be Mick Henry or McCarthy is the speaker. But what do you take about, you know, last night, apparently after the first vote, Jordan pulled Scalise aside and said, hey, I need your help with these moderates. They need to get back on board. And Scalise said, nah, I'm not going to help you with that. You know, it's okay. well, you know, because because if you believe the backstory, uh, it was that Jordan did not offer enough help to Scalise to get him over the top. In other words, they, you know, remember the history on this. McCarthy's thrown out. All right, so then the Republicans have a vote to see, is it Scalise or Jordan? Who's got the most votes? Who's then taken to the floor? And Scalise won. And Jordan supposedly did not provide him the back behind-the-scenes support. He came out publicly and said, oh, yes, let's, let's vote for Scalise. But it wasn't the kind of with some arm support necessary. And so now Scalise is saying, <laughs> see how it feels. 
But, you know, the McHenry thing with regard to Pelosi's office, the story, and I think we talked about it. If we didn't, I'm sorry. But I, I, I thought the story that came out later was that McCarthy, and let's be clear, McHenry is a devotee of McCarthy. His power derived from McCarthy. His loyalty is still with McCarthy. All right. Other than his own aspirations. Supposedly, McCarthy thought he had a deal with Pelosi. Maybe it's a wink and a nod thing about, hey, if I need help on this, you're going to back me up, right? Because we're both from California and et cetera, et cetera. He thought he had her support. When that did not materialize and no Democrats came over to save him, that's when the retribution started. Now, well, in but Nancy uh, was out of Pelosi's defense. She was with her poor deceased colleague at the time and yeah. wasn't in Washington. She was at a funeral. And the fact that, that they basically. Well, she wasn't just at a funeral. She was the official escort with the body of the late Senator Feinstein. It's not like she just attended. I mean, this was a huge thing. But you see, and that's the, why she wasn't there. And the fact that they did that while she was doing that. Yes. That it was it was political. I mean, there was a of political course. element to it. Um, it was horrible. It was just horrible because, again, even if you thought you had a deal, even if she reneged on the deal, consider the circumstances of why the woman isn't there. Consider the optics of it. And I've been to the Capitol, not much, but it's roomy. There's pla- there are places they did not need the space. <laughs> um. A lot of people are pointing towards Jordan's campaigning with the help of the swollen wound that is Sean Hannity. The fact that they went out there. What What did you say? The swollen wound. I was going to call him Baby Huey, but, you know, that would be be an insult to Baby Huey. Uh, The the bee sting victim. (laughs) Wasn't that one of the bands that you used to play bass for, the swollen wound? Oh, yes. We used to do some really, really fine uh, takeoffs on Dexter's Midnight Runners. uh, Never mind. Dexter's? Dexter's Midnight Runners, turn in your 80s music card. It's Dexy's mi- Oh, Well, for Dexy's. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Somebody help. Brad, help me with no, this. No, this. This is... <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, go show, ahead. Yeah, well, is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For a while here on the, uh, on the video, it was somebody else's show in the corner, so I thought I'd yeah. trade it up, but no, no, it's yeah. back to you. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Yeah, Uh, A lot of these moderates are saying the fact that it was such a threat. There wasn't a, hey, we're going to we're going to do this is why Jim Jordan is so dangerous. Jim Jordan wasn't out there saying, "Okay, what bills do you guys want passed? I'll make sure they come up for a vote. It was you'd better support him or else. And they unleashed Sean Hannity and his crew onto the um onto these moderate you know republicans and some of them even have their wives getting nasty text messages uh, and stuff like this there's a lot of people that have pointed to the fact that because of that tactic that the fact that they he never really reached out and said what would it take for me to get your vote it was more of you'd better vote for me or else that 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 is what has is you know basically killed his speaker chances I agree with that. Your thoughts on, on, on him unleashing the Hannity on, on the moderates. Unleashing the Hannity. That's yeah. now going to become a hashtag. Um, the, the story apparently was that after the, uh, or the, the, it was sometime around the time that Scalise and Jordan were jockeying for position in the caucus, Jordan's answer was, 
America wants me to be speaker. Okay, first of all, I have no idea if that's true. Second of all, I could sure hear him say it because third of all, because of some of the punditry out there pumping him up, he's got the sense that he's, you know, the, the great hope of America and America wants me to be speaker. I don't care. It's not a vote of America. It's a vote of members of Congress. So forget what America wants. How about you do, you know, what, what you're, you're supposed to do? You're not camp for the same reason. I mean, think about this. This is how crazy this all got. Fox offered to moderate a forum on television between Scalise and Jordan, and they each initially accepted. Now, what business is it to, for Fox to say, well, let's, let's put these two on here? Because again, weren't they supposed to sort of make their cases to their colleagues? Now, yeah. I'm not suggesting that, that things are, should be done in secret. I'm simply saying, what's the network doing staging a cage match like that? Well, and and it's this idea, okay, Michelle Bachman, when she was representing here, there was people mm -hmm. asking if she was ever going to run for Senate. She was smart enough to realize she had no chance. She had a custom-made district that was able to basically keep getting her elected. But the reality is if she would have run for statewide office, she would have been annihilated. That's what you got with Jim Jordan. He wouldn't win statewide in Ohio, I don't think. I don't think, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene would win statewide in Georgia. Boebert wouldn't win statewide. In, in Colorado, I think what you've got with these people is this this is what Jim Jordan's coming up against. He's he's coming up against this wall where, as you talked about before, he thinks I'm as meant to be, you know, the speaker of the House. America wants me. No, they don't. You know, it's, it's, there's a, quite a few people. It, clearly, they don't because you're not speaker at this point. And but the reality is that these people buy their own press. And this is one of those rare cases where you see someone who really shouldn't be trying to take on such a large role, trying to do so and getting a, a two by four to the face when they realize, oh, no, I still am, even though I'm probably more popular with extreme far right policies than that we've had in this country in a long time. The reality is, is I'm still a long way from being something that the masses are going to be demanding. Well, Again, define masses, and this is the problem with the echo chamber of media these days. People only consume what they want. They, they don't want their beliefs challenged. They only listen to that, which makes them feel good. So Jordan is not listening to anything outside the echo chamber and his own group of sycophants who tell him how great he is. I don't recall Scalise having a spokesperson speaking to the media all the time during the speaker situation. Jordan has a spokesperson who's talking to the media about the strategy. Okay, maybe maybe we're just a little too full of ourselves. I recall the folk, the Gates element when McCarthy couldn't uh, get uh, elected. He was hanging out in the Speaker's office because it was presumptive. And Gates sent a letter to the, uh, I don't know, it's the clerk of the house or the sergeant at arms or the, uh, the chief gendarme, I don't know, whatever it is, saying, hey, there's a squatter in that office. You need, to, you need to padlock the door. Well, Jordan is toggling between his committee chair office and the speaker's office to try to arm twist. Okay, I guess I don't... To me, the speaker's vacant. The speaker's office is vacant. There is no speaker. Just shut the door and turn off the lights. The, the, the level of hubris among some of these people. And I guess if you're going to hold a position like this, you got to be pretty confident about yourself. But holy cow, read the room. Well, we're going to try We're going to take a break. We're going to try to read the room and try to figure out our best bet is 
A, when does the Republicans get a speaker and who will that be when we do return? Jeff Stein joining us, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us with his usual Wednesday visit. And one reminder, we you do uh, have another chance to hear this. On Sundays, we re-air the Jeff Stein interview on AM 950. Uh, Jeff. Oh, why? 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 I, I don't know. Nobody, nobody needs this. By the way, I'm you know contributing here via, what do we call this, StreamYard? Yeah. And so usually I can see you. Well, for whatever reason today, it's freezing. So like it, I just see you like every 15 seconds. So it's kind of like max headroom and, and it freezes at some really unique facial expressions. I'm trying to decide if I like streaming Matt or glitchy Matt. Glitchy but, Matt is, oh, come on, man. I mean, it's just, it, it, that's just pure gold. There's your Christmas cards right there. Screen grab at your leisure. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, do, I'll do what I can. Yes. Um. So, okay. McCarthy lost what was it eight votes that's what he lost by right uh when he got voted uh, out mccarthy lost uh, by eight votes. yeah right. on the republican yeah. side I mean, and, and yeah. you know stop looking at the democrats this is on the republicans he lost by mm-hmm. eight votes no one else has gotten close at some point here i think that the the rest of the republicans are going to go to nancy mace and the rest of these guys and saying we're a laughing stock stop it just get over yourselves or else we will get rid of you and I think McCarthy will be in there because I just don't think McHenry has the traction to get more than a few weeks. You know what I mean? Well, and the thing is, in order to get McHenry, they don't they don't have 217 Republicans right now to do anything. Nope. Even give McHenry a, a 30 day pass or whatever it would be. You need crossovers. And right now it's not in the Democrats interest to cross over. Meanwhile, what's going on in the Senate? There's talk about aid to Israel bundled with aid to Ukraine. And if the Senate acts and then the House can't, well, who's going to, in essence, get their way in terms of public opinion, in terms of framing an issue? I mean, I th- I'm going to tell you right here, and you'll, you can correct me when I'm wrong when I join you on Wednesday, but if this is not settled by Tuesday then there's going to be the push McCarthy movement yeah. because these folks are going to come home and they're going to hear an earful. Um, Congresswoman from Southeast Iowa flipped today away from Jordan and uh, voted for the appropriations committee chair. Yeah. A woman from Texas. I don't remember her name. It's not important. That Iowa representative has a huge fundraiser back home Friday night, presidential candidates, everybody else, lots of her donors. Do you think she's going to hear an earful about this, as will the other members of the delegation who show up? See, if everybody goes home for the weekend and there's no speaker, Tuesday it's going to be, we're knocking heads, and if it has to be McCarthy, it has to be McCarthy. And can you imagine the vindictiveness with which he will rule if well, he it, does get it back? And really quickly on that, I mean, is the fear that that the, that far right's going to have is that if you put McCarthy back in, you're not going to get him out again? Well, exactly. Because again, you know, they thought they drove a stake through his heart and apparently not. Because yeah. he's still on TV constantly. Why is that? 
the resurgence. That's why they got his spleen. They're off a little bit, you know. <laughs> you got to be. Well, it's dark. They hadn't done it before. You, know. you got to have better aim than that. Go try some lawn darts. All right, Jeff Stein. Once again, the Iowa Politics Report. We'll post that a little bit later on, and of course, you can listen to this once again on Sunday. Thanks, Jeff. Hour two coming up next. I'm Candy Brothel. I'm Elizabeth Sullivan. And I'm Kelly Wagner. Energize yourself with AM 950. Hour number two of the show here on your Wednesday. Good to be with you, Matt Patrick. The Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Tour comedy show is back for one show only on Saturday, the 21st, from the Saban Theater in Los Angeles. Stephanie is going to have John Fugelsang, Frangela Hal Sparks, all with her. And it's going to be simulcast live on pay-per-view, so you can watch it from the comfort of your own home, although it's up to you how you dress for that. Stephanie Miller is the longtime host here in the mornings from 8 until 11 on AM 950, and she's kind enough to take some time today to talk to us about the event and other things. Hi, Steph. A kind enough? Oh, my God. I'm like a, I'm like an endorsement whore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Matt, I... I'm at your service. Thank uh, you for promoting. <laughs> you are so awesome. No, I, I, I. This is just one of those things. I'm tickled pink now. I blush every time I talk to Fugelsang, but you are up there too. You know, it's kind of one of those things where <laughs> uh, you are just so awesome. The minute we mentioned the 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 show, oh. the pay per view, the all the listeners, they're all like, "Steph's doing another show. Great." Yeah, it it it's everyone loves you, and it's just so so that- nice to have this on Saturday. I love them back, and I mean that in a filthy, filthy way. And let me just say, you asked about dress code. We really recommend uh, Naked and that you Lauren Boebert yourself in some way uh, while you're watching the pay-per-view, because I feel that's important. That is a I, I believe I believe Hal Sparks and I, we did the first teabagging demonstration, I believe. Um, I think we did it in Minneapolis, I'm pretty sure, because I didn't really know what teabagging was back when we started the tour, Matt. <laughs> and uh, now Hal Sparks and I will be demonstrating boberting, which is what uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert did in a uh, theater with uh, her date at Beetlejuice. You know, and if so, I'm thinking of hot musicals, Beetlejuice is always the number one on my list. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I, I think as one of our uh, guests, uh, JoJo from Jurors, said... Uh, it is referred to as shucking the Mr.'s cob and also dialing uh, her nipples like a combination lock. Yes. So <laughs> I just to clarify for your audience. Yeah. Well, it's like trying to, to, to capture a raccoon. You know, you can really kind of you know, herky jerky with it. You, yeah. know? you can't be you can't sure. be namby pamby. Uh, <laughs> that's so that's so deliciously rural Minnesota, that raccoon story, Matt, and I appreciate it. Oh, watching Lauren Bobert at Beetlejuice reminds me of my dad behind the garage. So I, I don't I don't want to get into that, though. Uh, so so glad you're doing this now. You, you know, you're doing it out in Los Angeles. You got the whole crew coming on in here. Uh, this is yeah. it's 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 nice to have you back, because like I said, after the last few years, having normalcy, things like this, it, it's always just such a comfort. Oh, my God, particularly now, Matt, with what's going on in the Middle East and around the world, you've yep. got to laugh or you will cry. Uh, by the way, I understand your uh, uh, attraction to John Fugelsang, who is really uh, every carbon-based life form is attracted. And just think about it. You can see his package like in, I don't even, widescreen, like 3D. I don't even know what the pay-per-view will be, but it, it's spectacular. And my point is also we have, Matt, the alpha liberal panel of all time. We have Rob Reiner and Ron Perlman, and Malcolm Nance, and Glenn Kirshner, all on panel wow. for Sexy Liberal. That It's 20 bucks, for God's sakes. You can watch on demand anytime you want. <laughs> it's 
if you want to join the party live, it's at, of course, 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, which would be uh, 10 o'clock your time, correct, in Minneapolis. So you can watch live or you can watch it on demand anytime you want. And it is a lot of sexy and a lot of liberal. Is that, all I'm saying. that is huge. I mean, th- that is th- th- that's got to be the biggest lineup you've ever had for one of these shows. I think so. I mean, I think, you know, honestly, I feel like, Matt, I don't know how you are about religion, but I feel like <laughs> God created this panel for this moment in time. Um, you, there, honestly, we just, I've been keeping Malcolm Nance for I don't know how many segments lately about terrorism in the Middle East and this just horrible, yeah. tragic ongoing situation you know glenn kirshner is like i think the foremost legal expert about as i we always say when is that orange mofo going to jail about uh trump and you know we call this the indictment tour uh rob reiner is like the most passionate you know democracy defender i know um ron perlman is both the beast from beauty and the beast and Hellboy. so i just want you to think about that with a lot of liberal political passion. <laughs> so we, I mean, I just, I can't even tell you. I gotta say, Hal Sparks, I don't know if you've ever seen his T Rex bit. Yes. I am gonna beg him to do it again this Saturday because it is about, you know, the only thing that would solve, like, are all these problems in the world, like the Middle East, is if the dinosaurs come back. And that bit is so brilliant. I don't know if you've heard Frangela on my show talk about Democratic voters. And what's for dinner? Biden's for dinner. I'm going to black mama this. What's for dinner? Biden's for dinner. (laughs) And John Siegel's thing, as you know, no one speaks more eloquently and smartly and with more humor about religion than John Fugel's thing. And, you know, so this this show, this panel, honestly, Matt, I'm so excited. It is the perfect show and panel for this moment in our history when we are facing possibly the end of democracy here mm-hmm. and, and and the rise of fascism in America. It, 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 so we're just, that's why we're kicking off the 2024 sexy liberal tour election year tour early. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we're doing pay-per-view because we're like, we have got, people have got to wake up and vote in, in, in insane numbers in this election. Well, and I was just talking about Jim Jordan, who is a loon ball is got mm-hmm. 199 mm-hmm. votes to, for the Speaker of the House. Although I do admit, yeah, yeah, I imagine you guys are going to break that down quite a bit. The, the absolute chaos and dysfunction that is the the House Republicans. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, if it wasn't so sad for our country, you know, I, I know that like Steve Ducey from Fox News asked Corinne Jean Pierre a few weeks ago, "Oh, is the White House just loving this? This, you know, GOP House?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> we want another governing party in the United States. Like, yeah, we can laugh about it, but it's not funny. Like, there is, you know, we are in a, a critical situation, not just in this country, but around the world. And and Republicans, I, I mean, this vote today, he got less votes. He got less votes <laughs> than he did the day before, and they're going to do it again tomorrow. Like, oh. I feel like we're going to hear a share song and Bill Murray's going to be in this somehow because it's just going to be Groundhog Day tomorrow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand I, what my, they're doing. Robert Barilla, a comedian up here, he made the comment, and I think this is great. They should just go the mass singer route at this point. You know, they just, they go on out there, whichever one sings the right. best, you know, I'll go with the cockroach. Oh, look, it's Scalise. You know, and it's, it, you know, <laughs> I think, because that's going to have, at least, let's be honest, that will have more dignity than what they're doing right now. 
oh, there's such a clown show. And, you know, as we were saying, Matt, today on the show, this is a continuation of the coup. If you put, oh, yeah. not just the, an insurrectionist, the guy that was like the perpetrator of the coup, pretty much, who was the, like, like the main guy in charge of, I mean, I'm going, oh, my God, he's got to be speaker to stay out of jail. And Trump's got to be president to stay out of jail, oh. I guess. Is that where we are? Well, you know, and, and, and you you bring that up. I mean, it's I think that that's one of the things that you and I have you've been obviously on this station longer than I have. Uh, and, and I've been here for a long time. You and I have seen the rise and the sustain and we, you've been able to sustain yourself. We've been able to do that up here at AM 950. There has been this element to try to shut down the progressive voice. But thank God yeah. that you're around and, and, and especially with your national show. Because you're exactly right. This coup is still going on. It's Jim Jordan's whole job has been to basically make sure Donald Trump never faces consequences for his actions and set up the That's system right. with Tuberville down there to basically where they can do this again in 2024. And this time they'll they'll do it right. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, Matt, it's not hyperbole. And, and can I just say a shout out to, uh, you know, our, your fantastic 950 in, in Minneapolis, because you are absolutely right. There are so full few bulwarks out there. We, Chicago Station, Minneapolis, you know, Madison. But you're right. I mean, thank God for Sirius XM, Free Speech TV. I mean, you, the listeners in Minneapolis in particular understand that we're an endangered species, uh, on the uh, right when we're facing fascism in America, the, the progressive media. I am so thankful every day for your station because you know, as you know, I'm an old radio dinosaur. Yeah. I've been doing this for a thousand years, and I believe, Matt, in the power of the public airwaves. And I've said this for you know, tw- last twenty years, I've been doing this show. That public airwaves don't belong to me or to Sean Hannity. They belong to you, the American people. And it, it, the fact that, you know, because of the fairness doctrine, everything, as you know, that's happened, there's 60 zillion right-wing stations, some of whom were responsible for a six-year-old Palestinian boy being stabbed to death in yep. Illinois, yep. according to his family, that he was inflamed by right-wing radio. This is such a critical time for the AM 950s in Minneapolis to exist. Mm. Uh, and I hope people really get that. And I know your listeners do. They support us. They support our sponsors. They support your sponsors. You guys, it is so critical, Matt. I mean, I don't mean to get all, I know I'm a comedian, but <laughs> this is important. This is, you know, I, 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 we, I was wearing my T-shirt yesterday from our show. It's democracy, stupid. I mean, it's <laughs> literally not hyperbole what you just said, Matt. This could be the end of our democracy well, if, if we don't get out and vote. And you see in the states where all they get is that conservative narrative, Iowa, Missouri, uh, Nebraska, you know, around, at least here in the upper Midwest, where it's just continually moving to the right. Hey, Minnesota's pretty cool. We, we got legal dope now and a whole bunch of other stuff because uh, Governor Walls and everyone here kicked ass. But the reality is, is that, you know, states like Minnesota, Michigan, there's not many that are going this way. Hopefully we can make that change, but it's you know, it's one of those things where everyone, you have to take every election. There, no one sits on an election anymore. Every election matters. These off-year elections, yeah. next-year elections, every election matters at this point. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you're right. That's what Democrats, I think, were missing early on is just everything, state, local. But, you know, you got to get out. you got to run for something. you got to <laughs> vote every election. 
you know, what is it, Hal Sparks, our sexy liberal, says, you know, I know people that are such committed liberals that they vote at least every other election. (laughs) None of that anymore. None of that anymore. Absolutely. Uh, You, of course, um, you're you're in beautiful California. Obviously, I mean, I I guess one thing I want to ask you, because you're on the the front line there in regards to, well, two things. One, the the SAG after strike there. I'm I'm hoping, I mean, I really feel sorry for the actors out there, especially with AI it's disturbing yeah. how much that's going to take over. But the other thing, too, is uh, the political question is the race for the, the Senate seat, uh, Diane Feinstein's uh, Senate seat that's now open yeah. there. You know, do you think who do you think is going to be the front runner there in California for that, if I can ask? Well, it's funny you bring up AI, Matt, because this is actually not me. I just uh, I was busy because <laughs> I was sexy liberal this week. So this is actually I was like, put Stephanie Miller into Matt McNeil, AM950, interview, and then here I am. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, look, I got to say, Adam Schiff is a not just my congressman, but a personal friend. I, I, we have an embarrassment of riches out here. Katie Porter is fantastic. Yep. I do worry about being able to hold that seat if, if you know, she wins. So, you know, Barbara Lee's fantastic. Obviously, she's fantastic, you know, and, and so... But I have to say, I just think Adam Schiff, if you've watched him, he, I mean, to me, he is just a patriot through and through. I got to tell you, you see him on TV, that's how he is in person. That's mm. just how he is all the time. He is just a thoroughly decent American patriot. So, you know, I hope he wins. And look, I got to tell you, my nephew is, um, has, uh, plays the first gay president in Shonda Rhimes' new series for Netflix. So no one wants this strike to be over more than me because you know, he comes and stays with me when he shoots out of here and it's heartbreaking like oh. i you know he was out here shooting and now they've been you know who knows now when they're going to be back shooting again because like you know all these actors and all these other people like they don't get any income back like they're just like okay and you know i i have to say the streaming and all that, they're getting ripped off. Oh, I'm so, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's one of the things I think that America is learning is that there's this mentality that you see someone on a Netflix movie or on a, a TV show and you're saying to yourself, oh, they're m- making coin. Well, unless they're, you know, the, the crew from Friends or Seinfeld or something like that, no, they're not. And, right. and, and that is, I think, a right. real eye-opening thing that most of the people in Hollywood are just not making any money. I know. And Matt, could you have survived COVID or I couldn't even survive my insomnia now without streaming? And you're like, the fact that they're not really getting paid for that is just crazy. You know, so anyway, I mean, I, you know, listen, we are way, you know, pro-union out here. I just like, I was happy my, can I go to, I'm a Kaiser out here. I love that my nurses got a deal. I love that the writers got a deal. Like a lot of my Dear friends, you know, like Jen Kirkman on the show are writers. I'm glad that's solved. I'm glad the president went and stood with UAW. Yes. You know, and, and it's, I don't know, Matt, wherever this union bashing came from. I'm like, do you enjoy your weekends? Do you enjoy your overtime pay? Unions got you all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? What the what the f right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, and, and, and that I think that it's it's so important that the, these messages are out there. But it does help us that they're so incompetent on the right that we you know mm-hmm. you know we they make an argument for us on their own at this point. Oh yeah, I uh, know. Uh, I mean, I you know, Matt. I know people are saying, oh, Jordan does finally win the speakership. Like that's going to guarantee a Democratic House. And 
I'm like, okay, but I don't know if America can survive a Jim Jordan speakership. Like, oh. I, it's just, you know, you're like someone was like, are you sure he's not going to pass intelligence to Donald Trump, who's already been denied intelligence because he's a friggin' traitor? <laughs> you know, and part of, I'm sure, what's happening now in the Middle East is because he shared Israeli intelligence with the Russians yes. in the Oval Office. Yes. You know, what? Like, uh, I mean, it's just who gave it to Iran and Hamas. And you're just... You know, and and Israel, or excuse me, Russia is training Hamas, and they're getting cryptocurrency from Russia. Are you kidding? Like, Putin's fingerprints aren't all over this? Yeah. And this, you know, is exactly on cue. His puppets here go, oh, yeah, we got to cut off aid for Ukraine so we can give it just to Israel. I'm yeah. Like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, God, you're just amazing. Uh, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you, you know, you, as far as, you know, it's not just progressive radio gold, you're, you're radio gold. You're, you're one of oh. those, you're one of those talents that basically is up there in the pantheon. And, and it's just, it's such a privilege to have you on the air. It's a, it's an oh. absolute, I'm giddy pink. Matt, and, listen, whenever you think that, I just realized that I've been nominated multiple times for the radio hall of fame, but I've never made it. I'm sort of the Jim Jordan of the radio hall of fame. <laughs> so, you know what? Don't be intimidated. It's. <laughs> I, me and some of the Minnesota boys will go talk to them about that. We'll see if we can see if we can get that fixed up for you. We'll have a nice little conversation there. You, you're, you're, you're I, I, the last, I mean, I love you too. And, and it's just, you're I love just. you too. Matt, I honestly, I, I, mean, I mean that from the heart. Like, I, I appreciate you and 950 and all of our listeners. There are so much. And I, you know, I, I just, I love coming to do Sexy Liberal there. I love getting to actually, I, I love the Minnesota accents, quite honestly. I ask someone every time, is there a buffet near here? Is it reasonable? Oh, and yeah. I, they fall for it every time. They oh, yeah, there's one right over there. At, uh, oh, they got the Salisbury oh, steak. Yeah. You got to try that. That's delicious with the onions. Oh, yeah. oh that's nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, honey, sexyliberal.com. 20 bucks to come to the biggest party in the biggest liberal party in the world this Saturday with, uh, you know, John Fuglesang and Hal Sparks and Frangela and me and Rob Reiner and Ron Perlman and wow. Glenn Kirshner and Malcolm Nance. Um, 20 bucks. You can watch it on demand anytime you want. Um, and I just so, again, so grateful for y'all. And come join us. Sexyliberal.com. It's once again the Sexy Liberal Tour comedy show. On Saturday, the 21st, from Los Angeles, you can go get your uh, pay-per-view pass right there at sexyliberal.com. Stephanie, you're more than welcome back on my show anytime. All my best, and uh, we'll all look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you, Matt. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Stephanie Miller. Uh, Yeah, a goddess. Uh, We'll take a break. Come on back. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. I love Burrill's idea, by the way. Mass singering. The speaker's <laughs> He's known for wanting to take away Medicaid and Medicare, Social Security from all the elderly, and he's about to sing a Tony Bennett classic. <laughs> it's, it's the trout. <laughs> it would. It would actually have more dignity than what they're doing right now. Stephanie Miller is awesome, man. I I, I I was talking to the guys here about this. I, said, I do believe she might be the only host. I mean, Tom Hartman, I don't think, was on when I started 13 and a half years ago on this station. I don't think Tom was on the air. Um, Steph was. And I believe she's the only only show that's been on longer than I have here. 
And it's just it's just a privilege. And I and I have talked about if you've listened to the whole day here, starting with Santita in the morning, running all the way up to uh, to uh, uh, you know, Ghost Box Radio, and uh, uh, as well the evening programming, all the evening program we have here. You know, it's just this is the best lineup we've had. Period. I'm just proud of as as Punch to be part of this, and it's and it's a lot of great fun. So if if you get the chance. The Sexy Liberal Show, once again, that is uh, coming up here on uh, on Saturday. It's from the Sabin Theater in Los Angeles. You can go to uh, the uh, sexyliberal.com, that's sexyliberal.com, to get tickets. Or you could just call us right now and be calling number five. And it's not a ticket, it's a pay-per-view pass. You can get yourself a pay-per-view pass right now at 952 uh, 952-946-6201. 952-946-6205. That's the number. Call us. Let us know. You know, it can be a caller number five. You get yourself that pay-per-view pass. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. All right. Thank you very much and good luck with that. Patrick is waiting for your phone call as we speak. Um, I I will um you know, if if I, I do want to, there's a lot of things I still have to get to because in just in regards to the speakers race here, I, I mean, I, someone sent me a message uh, about the the guy that Stauber voted for. I, you know, Westerman from Arkansas. I have no idea. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if Stauber was voting for him because he really believed in him, or if he voting for him just because it was a you know. Oh, there's Westerman. I'll vote for him. So, uh, it, this rural republicanism is a disease. Case in point, I brought up earlier today the 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 story of the the quarter of the high school that seems to be Nazi, pro Nazi down at that one school in southern Minnesota. Now we have a judge who basically it's one of those judges where I'm just not going to follow the law anymore. I'm just going to rule the way I want to. A rural Minnesota judge issued orders barring two individuals from voting for the fall election because they are on probation related to felony convictions. A move top DFL officials say violates a new state law that restored their voting rights as long as they're not incarcerated. Attorney General Keith Ellison and Secretary of State Steve Simon, both Democrats, joined, uh, said in a joint statement on Tuesday they will oppose the orders, which they say the judge issued without prompting. The orders have no statewide impact. They should not create fear, uncertainty, or doubt in Minnesota. If you are over 18, a U.S. citizen and resident of Minnesota for at least 20 days and not currently incarcerated, you're eligible to vote, period. They said in their statement, it is critically important that everyone whose rights were restored understands they are welcome to our democracy. Judge Matthew Quinn, who is based in Mille Lacs County in central Minnesota, wrote in two orders issued last week that the new law is unconstitutional. Once again, this is a state law, and no, it's not. And the defendants are prohibited from registering to vote, voting, or attempting to vote. If this sounds like some guy just pulling this right out of his caboose, it's some guy just pulling this right out of his caboose. To do so is criminal act, which can be investigated, charged, and prosecuted in the normal course. He orders, his order continues, Quinn's office could not be reached for comment on Tuesday. Of course, because the coward's hiding. Quinn ordered probation for April Weyas and Emilio Trevino following sentencing hearings on uh, August 12th, the order barring them from voting was issued as a supplement to the sentencing order. So they they were ordered to probation, which means they can vote. And this jackass decided, guess what? I'm going to rewrite the laws because that's what he did. 
On June 1st, Minnesota joined 21 other states, constitutional, that allow people with felony conviction to vote as soon as they were released from incarceration. Previously, they had to wait until they were off probation and had paid all fines connected to their conviction. People affected by the new law will have their first chance to vote in special elections in the fall municipal races. Democrats in control of the House and Senate, who have pushed for the change for two decades, acted quickly to pass the law early this year after the Minnesota Supreme Court ruled in February that the law didn't violate the state's constitution. So once again, the state Supreme Court has already told Judge Clown Car here that guess what? It doesn't violate the constitution. They pass the law. This is a poor little bitter man. I'll tell you what, I'll take a break and I'll come back and explain in a second. Patrick, uh, I, considering the phone lines went crazy there, have we given away a, a pay-per-view pass? We have. Congratulations to Gail in St. Paul. You are Gail. the winner of a pay-per-view pass to Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Comedy Show. Also, happy birthday, as I was told toward the end of the phone call. So a great uh, double... I guess that's a great birthday present. Gail, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And you share the same birthday as my son. So October 18th. So happy birthday to you. I hope you enjoy that there. Now, uh, really quick, let me do some quick business here. We have got uh, two more pay-per-view passes to give away. And that's it. Two more. Tomorrow on social media at 9 o'clock, when we put out the social media post on the AM 950 Facebook page, the AM950 Twitter page, the AM950 Instagram page. You need to write in the comment section, I love John Fugelsang. If you do that, you will be entered in. You could possibly win the social media pay-per-view pass that we'll give away tomorrow. That's the last one we're doing there. And then tomorrow afternoon in the show, by the way, John Fugelsang joining us tomorrow. Ooh, ah. Uh, tomorrow in the show, John Fugelsang is going to be here. Uh, but as well, you'll have one more chance to win a pay-per-view pass with John. So, yes, looking forward to that. Uh, congratulations to Gail. Happy birthday to Gail. Let's take a break. Come on back. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. The Progressive Voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. By the way, you can listen to the Stein interview and the Stephanie Miller interview. They are both spotlighted. We will have those up on our streaming services, podcastable, enjoyable. Go and knock yourself out. 952-946-6205. So let's get back to this judge. Now, I want to talk about Judge Quinn for a second. Uh, Quinn was imported to the uh, the court in 2017. He's issued a public rep. He was issued. This judge was issued a reprimand by the Minnesota Board of Just Judicial Standards in 2021 for liking posts on Facebook, endorsing candidates for office, as well as official page for the president, Don, former president Donald Trump. Yeah, he's a Trumper. And by the way, and this is Brianna Beersbach wrote this story. And Brianna, you are a genius journalist and I love you, dear. But the reality is, if I can be honest with you, for comedic value, you should have led with this line. A judge who was tagged in photos participating in a Trump boat parade. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those jackasses. And he's out there and he's got his little Mille Lacs County jurisdiction. And Patrick brought this up during the break. Is, is he like one of these sovereign citizen guys or these uh, constitutional sheriff guys? I'm the law. That's what he thinks in Mille Lacs County. Yeah, because I'm reading it. It, it was kind of more like... Uh... 
least the way I interpreted it. I'm not really saying this is unconstitutional for everybody. I'm saying for you people in my court, I am telling you I have decided you cannot vote. I am the law. You are an idiot that does boat parades for Donald Trump, who, by the way, tried to overthrow the government of the United States, you stinking freaking traitor. Oh, I mean, judge. You support that guy. You're supporting overthrowing the government of the United States. I'm just saying, you know, apples, oranges, but I'm sure your constitutional interpretation will tell me I'm way off base there, judgey. Come on, judgey. Tell me I'm way off base. <laughs> Roscoe Pico train judge. That's all I say. That's you're just what an idiot. Ellison and Simon said the orders issued by one judge in one of Minnesota's 87 counties fly in the face of the Minnesota Supreme Court ruling earlier this year that deferred the decision of the voting rights to the legislature. So I want to make sure we understand this. He was never asked to weigh in on this issue in the first place. He was ordering probation for April Weyas, W-E-Y-A-U-S, and Emilio Trevino. So ordering them probation, which means by state law, which the Minnesota Supreme Court has signed off on, they now can vote. He then basically issued a second order no one asked for. So this is just him. I'm going to tell that legislature what I really think about them. <laughs> I'm the judge of Mille Lacs County. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, I don't know. We don't have audio. I'm just presuming that's what it sounded like. <laughs> I got a boat. Anyway, he, without anyone asking, basically said their constitutional right to be able to vote no longer exists. So, yeah. Matthew Quinn, boat judge. Is he, does he rule from the boat that he does in the Trump parades? Is he, does he have a little gavel and a bench out there? Uh, the Supreme Court has signed off on this. The Supreme Court has said you can do this, and yet... Here he is basically saying, I am the law. No, you're not. No, 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 no. You're wrong. And I look forward to the next judicial punishment that you'll be getting for, oh, just, you know, in the case of I pulled it out of my caboose versus sanity. But, okay, so now let's, let's, let's start taking inventory here. You have when Steph, one of the things that Steph was talking about is that in these rural parts of this country, there is this void of anything but far right news and and far right, you know, narrative. We talked about the school with multiple schools where there have been problems out there, including the school where a quarter of the school seemed to be pro-Nazi and showed up to racially attack one guy's house and threaten with bigoted gestures other people before then, I guess, breaking into the school and vandalizing it because, you know, you got, you know, because you all you have is far right news, pushing far right news, pushing far right news. Stein said that, you know, just, you know, people can get what they want and without having anything else in their lives, they basically are Nazis were misunderstood. And that's where you're at, because I can tell you right now, those kids weren't born Nazis or Nazi sympathizers or people that thought Nazis were good. They were taught that. And I'm pretty sure they weren't taught that in the school. They were probably taught that at home. Anyway, so that's that school district. Now you have 
Judge Clown Car up there in Mille Lacs County saying, I don't agree. I'm going to dictate the law as I seem. Because why? Clearly, he's immersed himself in far-right news and doesn't care about what the real world says. Heck, he doesn't even read his legal briefings that the Supreme Court said that this is legal. He didn't even read his own legal briefings that contradicted the narrative he wanted to be true. Enjoy your punishment, sir. But let's talk about the fact that what life is like in rural Minnesota, where Republicans are in power and have been in power for an extended period of time. Because under their arguments, things have got a lot better here. No, they haven't. As a matter of fact, I got two stories here that show that life indeed is not getting better. And one of them points exactly to the reason why Republican politics. But I'll go with the sad one first. Hayfield, Minnesota. Hayfield could soon be losing its only grocery store. Uh, they, Ryan's Foods has two potential buyers. Uh, they were currently there visiting owner Jim Baldus. Baldus has announced the store will be closing October 31st. Baldus is also the owner of Jim's Marketplace in Austin. At this time, it's up in the air what the location will be. It's up to the next buyer. That's where it is. So you're in Hayfield, Minnesota. You're about to lose your local grocery store. And I can tell you right now, due to conservative corporate policies, I lived through this in Iowa where I saw every... I mean, God, Iowa it is just amazing to me. that You want the power of brainwashing, of controlled narrative in the media? Go to Iowa. Because in Iowa, when I was there in the 90s, working twice I worked in Iowa, you had every town had a grocery store and a pharmacy and a hardware store and an implementation store and multiple gas stations. Many of them had movie theaters. Many of them had small businesses. Pfft, not anymore. One, one Walmart opened up and every store got run out of business for miles 20, 25 miles near the store. They buy intent. They killed them all. You know, you, you know, you're not helping out your local person there when the only grocery store in the town closes down. If I was a representative down there, I'd be down in Hayfield trying to find someone to go in there and open that, you know, keep that grocery store open. Because for the people of Hayfield, that's important. I don't know what Dwayne Quam, yeah, that guy, Dwayne. Wasn't he the guy that yanked the microphone out of his opponent's hand? Yeah, Dwayne. I remember him. Carla Nelson as well. Those are your representative and your senator down there. My guess is they don't care. Oh, sure, they'll come on. It's like, this is a travesty. They're not going to do a damn thing to help you. As a matter of fact, Republican policies in rural America have led to the reason why that grocery store is closing. So I wouldn't hold my breath for Dwayne Quam or Carla Nelson to come on out there and start helping you out. But that's nothing compared to going on in Zimbrota. Zimbrota is really, wow. You, you, to listen to the people talk about this issue, it just tells you how rotten Republican politics has gotten to the core and how much it controls these rural communities. Rising costs have officials weighing in Zimbrota whether to disband the police department to the, the surprise of the residents who found out on social media over the weekend. The city of Zombrota, which is not a small town, it's about 20 minutes north of Rochester, is considering contracting with the Goodhue County Sheriff's Office. A move comes after the Sheriff's Department hired away two of Zombrota's seven full-time officers. 
Uh, this is a Zimbroda Mayor Tom Todd Hamill. <laughs> this is I'm just I'm going to read this. This is his quote. Okay. We've got to figure out how we're going to try to keep our department together and not financially impact our taxpayers. Won't somebody think about the tax dollars? Won't somebody? Why aren't the police coming to work for free for us? Don't you know how good it is in Zimbrona? Well, outside of the crap pay, I mean, but it's great here. I'll tell you, you're not going to make any money, but it's great here in Zimbrona. I paraphrase that last part of it. Zimbroda, so it's just east of Highway 52, with another highway serving as the north-south thoroughfare through the sleepy city of 4,000 people, with a mixture of longtime businesses in its downtown and franchises near Highway 52. Several longtime residents say local police are needed to combat rising crime from outside the community. Because <laughs> that's what we all do. I mean, I don't know about all you criminals, but when I get up in the morning on a Saturday, I said, hmm, where can I go and make my crime? Oh, I know, Zimbroda. <laughs> I got news for you, Zimbroda. The call is coming from within your own house. Your crime is local. Oh, I understand. You don't want you want to take all your 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 crime and polish it up and make it shiny. It's like it's not here. No, it's there. It's there. And you, you probably all know where all the crime is too. Anyway, uh, rising crime from outside the city. Yeah, because that's what everyone. That's where every criminal wants to go. Zimbroda. It's like a piece of your family, said Mary Goodman, the police department. She sat with her friends at the Coffee Mill Cafe Wednesday morning. They work all of us that li- they work for all of us that live here. Goodman was shocked to hear the city's actions on local Facebook group on Sunday. She lives in the town near the Quick Trip off of 52, which she said is a hot spot for drug deals and shady meetings. Well, it's a Quick Trip, for God's sakes, man. What do you expect? Anywho, we need our police department, Goodman said. We need. By the way, is there anything more more small town than that one quick trip? That's where all the crime is at. It's right over there at the quick trip. Uh, the issue comes down to money. Goodyear County uh, and other cities are offering better pay to police as law enforcement in Minnesota force, faces a workforce crisis. Agencies across the state are having trouble filing vacancies as officers leave the profession in droves with fewer students coming in to replace them. All right, this is real simple pay them a competitive wage, and not only will you keep your officers in Zimbroda, but you'll probably fill up your ranks because you're paying a competitive wage. But that's not going to happen here, is it? Because they got to protect the taxpayer dollars. At the end of the day, the bigger, <laughs> the bigger priority is not stopping the crime at the quick trip down in Zimbroda. It's the taxpayer dollars. We can turn our city into a hellscape, a burning apocalypse of crime and and degradation as long as the taxpayer dollars aren't violated. (laughs) Uh, This is what what a Republican-only media gets you. Stupidity. This is the dumbest damn argument. So... It's not the fact that you guys are cheapskates and you're just not paying a livable wage to the police officers that you so desperately need. It's it's everybody else. Okay. You guys, aren't you the guys that fly the, I stand by the blue flags? Aren't you the guys out there talking about, you know, you gotta, you gotta support the police. Well, unless it comes to paying them. 
Why don't people want to voluntarily work for the police department? I don't know. The the troubles at the quick trip might be bad. <laughs> Although that deal on milk they got at quick trip. Oh, that's a, that's a heck of a bargain. You can't beat that. And you're going to need that bargain because if you're not getting paid anything like the cops and Zambroda, you need to be cutting costs wherever you can. This is the stupidest ding thing I've heard in a long time. This is the stupidest thing I've heard in a long time. This is an easy fix. Just pay them a, a competitive wage. But because your primary concern is taxpayer dollars, you're not going to do that. All right. I'll tell you what, more on this when I do come back. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Going back to Zambroda here, Hamill and other city leaders found out at the end of August Goodyear County Goodyear County was uh, interested in hiring Zambroda officers. City officials met with Goodyear County Sheriff Marty Kelly to learn more about the county's hiring process and what it would cost if the county took over the policing services. My guess is part of that art discussion was, why are you paying so much? Why you're hurting us? Because I let me make sure you understand something. If I lived in small town America. If a business opened up and started paying a better wage and started pulling away the employees from other businesses there, the other businesses would, would sit down and say, hey, we just want to have a, 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 a kind little lunch with you. How about we, we sit down and have lunch? And you go, great, okay, no problem. So they'll go to lunch and they'll sit there and they all kind of lean in on the individual and say, now what's this about you paying everybody a better wage than the rest of us? And you say, well, I'm going to pay the rest of No, you, you don't seem to understand. Is uh, You can't do that in this town. You, you need to pay less. And it's, I'm going to guess something because I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen in small town. My guess is that was part of the discussion. I don't know. I can't say for sure, but I'm taking a guess. Hamill says city leaders weren't even exploring their options until it became clear last month the, the last month the two Zambroda employees were leaving. It would cost at least 200000 to refill those positions and offer a 4 to $6 per hour raise for the officers. Wow really breaking the bank there, aren't they, in Zimbroda? Four to six dollars an hour raise? How much are you paying the cops in Zimbroda to deal with all the problems out by the quick trip? I mean, come on, man. I don't know why quick trip got they they they, they apparently Zimbroda, they, their quick trip is a hoot. Um by the way, if they just paid them four to six dollars, all that would do would bring the Zimbroda police officers pay into line with nearby communities. So he's bellyaching about if we have to replace these officers, we're going to have to pay more money because every other community around here pays more money than we do. Why are we the victim? Because you're jackasses. That's why. Because you're horrible people. That's why. Dear Lord. A contract with Goodyear County, which polices five other communities, costs about $128,000 this year for about 42 patrol hours each week. If Zimbroda does hire rehire officers, it would mean budget cuts elsewhere. Or just raise your taxes slightly, morons. I don't think anyone down there is going to be too upset about you paying the cops a livable wage. Dear Lord. Here's and here's if Rumbro does hire I mean, budget cuts elsewhere and steep wage hikes would likely prompt other city employees to ask for raises because apparently Zumbroda 
doesn't pay for crud. I'd be leaving Zimbroda right now too because it's clear they don't want they don't value you as an employee. They want you to work there twice as hard as everybody else for half the pay or you know a third less pay or whatever the case may be. Dear Lord, they just don't want to get the pay levels. I mean, what's getting all Zimbrodo does this crisis they have created is because they don't want to put a minimal tax increase on the 4,000 residents of Zimbrodo, which would be minimal, to basically pay the fair market rate for a police officer. And they're terrified if they actually did that, then the rest of those slack ass city employees who we can't get by without basically are going to want more money too. Wow. Zimbroda is the pit in hell. Hmm. Who's the representative down there? Oh, it's Steve Draskowski is the senator. That's why. He's a horrible, horrible human being. That's why. Also, something called Stephen Jacob is the house rep. So Draz is the senator. Something called Stephen Jacob is the house rep. And they're basically, their whole mentality is, well, we're not going to pay. Well, good luck. I think Zimbroda is going to be one of those towns which loses population because you know, why would I want to be there if you guys don't value the workers? This is why I always get hilarious when they try to libertarian island where all the libertarians are going to go out there. And the first thing I said is, well, who's going to make the coffee for them in the morning? And they all just kind of look at us like, well, one of the wealthy people will. <laughs> sure they will. Sure they will. Good luck with all that. What's two years in the future going to bring? Where it's three years going to bring, Hamill said. Hamill said he's heard pushback from community members who are afraid the city will be unsafe with no police department. He said Zimbrota will have law enforcement patrolling community at a minimum of 20 hours per week, regardless of the city's decision. I live in this town. I have a family in this town. Obviously, security and police is very important. Well, not that freaking important, Hamill. It's clearly not that important to you, or else you would, I don't know. $200,000. Okay, let's just let's just do this minimal pay raise. So, we'll just $6 an hour uh times 40 hours a week times 52 hours uh is is $12,000 480 divided by 4,000. That's the amount of residents. So, it's basically per resident you're going to have a $3 increase in taxes to cover the cost of the police department. Or you could, I guess, go pay $100 an hour for a private company to do it. Just raise the taxes, dude. I mean, this is not... I get it. You've been you've been inundated with the stupidity, the black hole of dumbness that is Draz. I get that. But this isn't a hard fix. Because if you don't fix it, your town's going to die. But considering how dumb you guys are being about this... Maybe that's not the worst outcome here. By the way, shout out to Marla, Libra's rule. Thanks for the heads up on the draz on that one. We are back tomorrow with Fugel saying, have a good one. Till tomorrow, see ya.